0: What's up, guys? It's Arvin Arsh, and we've got a great show lined up for you guys today. We're going to start off by talking about the College World Series. Then we're going to go into the Stanley Cup predictions, which is the Lightning versus the Montreal Canadiens. And then we're going to end with an interview with U.S. Women's National Team field hockey player Haley Randall. It's a very, very good interview. I highly suggest you guys stay to the end to listen to that. Yeah, so I think that Mississippi State... Everyone's been talking about the Vanderbilt's one-two punch, Kumar Rocker, and then Jack Leiter. But I think that they they have two of the best pitchers in the country, two of the best players in the country, I believe, the best two players in the country. But their other – like, Mississippi State's team is better, be, not because they have better players, but the more – like, I think you get what I'm trying to say. Yeah. That Vanderbilt doesn't – has – the best players, but they don't have the best team because all of their players aren't amazing. In terms of, like, balance, you mean? Yeah. and, And depth. Yeah. They have no depth on their team. And their players are not bad, but they're a little bit above average. All, if not... Most of Mississippi State's, if not all of Mississippi State's lineup, is way above average. They're all amazing. Especially Tanner Allen, who actually won the ABCA National Player of the Year this year. Yeah, and I think that Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter are better than any of the other players on Mississippi State. But the point is that Mississippi State has a better lineup, and they have better players all around is what I'm trying to say. To be honest, I actually thought that Mississippi State would win 2-0. to zero because even though even though Vanderbilt has like this very good pitching that all of us are talking about Jack Leiter and Kumar Rocker who were finalists for the best pitcher in the NCAA I they they just don't their batting isn't up to par and Vanderbilt is able to easily I mean not Vanderbilt Mississippi State is easily is able to easily tear them apart yeah like you were saying Uh, they were able to tear them apart. I thought that Vanderbilt would make it close, but I honestly didn't know who'd win because maybe Jack Leiter and Kumar Rocker would be too good even for that crazy lineup that Mississippi State has. But in the end, it was Mississippi State that wins. And it was really nice to see Dak so excited. Yeah, I was going to talk about that. Yeah, Dak Prescott was so excited at the Mississippi game and he went there for college, he was the quarterback. He's probably their best athlete ever. Yeah. But well Mississippi State has never won anything in any sport. So this is their first major victory. Yeah. And I think that it's gonna be really good for Mississippi State. Recruits are gonna want to go there and really they're they're just a good team overall and there's nothing else to beat that except having another good team that's better which Vanderbilt did not have. Yeah. Personally, I th- I like I said I thought Mississippi would um, win 2 to 0 and they were just so dominant, especially even with Kumar Rocker, Kumar Rocker gave them their only win. Um, Vanderbilt gave Vanderbilt their only win. The they were dominant not dominant, but they hit they had one hit against Jack Leiter which was a home run which ended up being the 1-0 game. And then in the third game um, their their whole pitching that their pitching rotation, not just the starter, but their whole pitching rotation, even the relievers were no hitting the were no hitting Vanderbilt. So the Mississippi State, even though their pitching isn't like amazing like Vanderbilt is, they're like you were saying they're all around balanced and they they easily deserve to win this. And like you said, it was very very good to see Dak um Dak rejoicing after that win. And I think that they are not very good at pitching in fact they're i think okay, i would yeah, say yeah i think they're average but the fact of the matter is that vanderbilt's batting is like was horrendous in this series below yeah below average and and their batting was horrible and that and it doesn't equal out bad pitching or okay pitching i should say by mississippi state but even in the last game mississippi state's pitchers looked like aces because they were like shutting down Vanderbilt so bad. They won 7-0. So all in all, I think that Mississippi State just had the better all-around team. And if Vanderbilt wanted to win, they couldn't rely on their two aces, their two best players, Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter. They needed to revolve around their batting. Yeah, the fact of the matter is that Mississippi State came to play and that Vanderbilt did not. And that's why Mississippi State ended up winning this. So congratulations to them. They, if I'm being honest, they deserve to win the series. Arsh and I are now going to give our Stanley Cup predictions between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Montreal Canadiens. I'll go first, and personally, I think the Lightning will come out on top. And I think that uh, uh, Braden Point is going to win the Smythe Trophy, which is basically the MVP trophy if you follow other sports. Um, but right now, Tampa Bay is absolutely dominating. They won Game 1, they won Game 2, and Game 3, as, as the day we're recording, is at 8 p.m. today. So I think that the the Tampa Bay uh, Lightning are going to come out of this with a win. They should, I mean, with the Stanley Cup trophy, they should come out of this with the Stanley Cup trophy based on how they're playing. And the Canadians, I mean, this is only the the Lightning's eight, uh, 28th season in the NHL. And they're, they're going for their second straight uh, Stanley Cup victory. They won last year, and we all know the... The story of all the Tampa Bay teams—the Buccaneers, the Lightning, and then the Rays—also made it to the um, made it to the um, MLB World Series. But I think Tampa Bay is going to win it this year, go back to back, because the Canadians really have—they they're not able to contain the Lightning, and the Lightning—we know their dominance, we see their dominance, and they're going to repeat for the second year in a row. Yeah, so I also agree with you. I think that the Lightning will come out on top. And the reason I think this is because, like you said, they've just been unstoppable. And this is the third game. And the Lightning have just been unstoppable. So uh, I think they're going to come out on top. Um, An upset may happen where the Canadians come out on top. But personally, I doubt it. Yeah, I doubt it as well. So I think that it's going to be the Lightning winning this game. But it's going, I, I think the, the Canadians will win at least one game. I just yeah, don't I think, think I don't, it's going to be p- close other than that. Yeah, personally, I think it's going to, I think the Canadians are going to win tonight, so it's going to be 2-1. But I think that the Lightning will come back with two straight wins and it'll be a five-game series. Arch, how many games do you think this will be? Because you said the Canadians will win one game. So you think it'll be a five-game series as well? Yeah, I do. I think that the Canadians will win right after uh, this game. I think they'll win, but then the Rays, I mean, I think that the Lightning will win this game. Then they're up 3-0. Then I think the Canadians will win one, and then the Rays, I mean, not Rays, the Lightning will finish yeah. it off. Yeah, and then Braden Point, I said, I think he's going to win the Conn Smythe Trophy. Um, last year in the playoffs, he had 14 goals, 19 assists in 23 games. So he's he showed his dominance last year. This year he leads the field or he leads the field in playoff goals with fourteen as well. And it's only been this this are uh it's only been two games in this series. So he is absolutely dominating. I think he'll win the if I say MVP trophy. Yeah, on um, the rink I think he's the best player out there. He is the best player out there, and that's why I think the Lightning will end up winning this series, especially because of him. And the Lightning, even though they're a very recent team, they're just so much better than everyone else to the point where even in the finals, they're still going to, I think, four or one, five games, they're going to win, which is crazy when you're in the finals. So I just think they're just that much better than all the other teams. Haley Randall grew up in Virginia Beach and played travel soccer until high school when she primarily focused on field hockey starting in eighth grade. She got a full ride scholarship to Duke University after her sophomore year in high school. In high school, Ms. Randall was the 2014 and 2015 Tidewater Player of the Year, as well as the only National High School Federation player to reach 200 career goals and 200 career assists. The first National High School Federation player to reach 50 goals and 50 assists in a single season. And she also averaged 50-50 in her four years of high school and was named to the U-17 and U-19 USA Junior National teams. Since then, the doors have opened wide in field hockey. Ms. Randall, thank you for joining us today.
1: Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me.
0: So to start us off, for our listeners, where did you grow up, and how did you get interested in field hockey?
1: So I grew up in Virginia Beach, Virginia, and I lived there until I went to college. Uh, My mom was the coach at Maury High School. It's in Norfolk, Virginia, and then she also coached uh, me in middle school and in high school. So my mom played field hockey at Longwood in college, and um, she introduced me to the game when I was young, Um, and she was patient with my transition from soccer to field hockey, but I was always around the field and around the game since I was young. And then you talked a little
0: bit about this, about you playing soccer. Do you think that helped you with field hockey or do you think field hockey helped you with soccer when you were younger at all?
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot of benefits and advantages for kids playing multiple sports. Um, I think growing in hand-eye coordination and just general athleticism, um, I, think, I think playing multiple sports is beneficial for, um, for each sport. And it also helps with just balance. And so kids don't get burned out at an early age. If you're just playing the same sport, Um, starting really young, it can be hard to maintain the passion and drive and and, and the joy that comes with playing sport if you continue to play up until high school, college, and um, potentially beyond that.
0: And you have a brother who's nine years younger than you. So what was that competition between you two like as kids?
1: Yeah, so um, so I was actually born three months early. I was fairly premature. I weighed two pounds. Um, it was a little bit of a scary situation at birth. So my parents were scared to have another baby. And then when I was nine, they, they mentioned that they were um, pregnant with my little brother. And so I almost felt like a second mom from a young age, just helping my mom and babysitting and taking care of, um, his name's gray and we have a great relationship. I mean, there's not much to, um, fight about or compete with when he's nine years younger, but it was really a joy for me to watch him grow up to, you know, start playing sports with him, baseball, football, basketball, whatever that uh, may be, watch movies and just get to spend time with him as he was, um, growing up.
0: Yeah, Arsh and I are brothers, so we know that feeling that you had. Um, as a girl growing up, did you ever get any mean comments for playing sports, and how did you overcome those?
1: Well, that's a good question. I no, I didn't. I didn't get any mean comments. I think, um, I think the culture in Virginia Beach was really inclusive with with boys and girls playing all different types of sports. I mainly just played field hockey and soccer. I dabbled a little bit in basketball and swimming and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I fairly
0: felt, I felt supported and encouraged to,
1: to compete and to play sports.
0: And what was the reason that you were able to succeed so much more than other kids in sports?
1: Um, I I think truthfully, just, I think the abilities God has given me and the athleticism he's granted me, um, I had a great support system within field hockey in Virginia Beach. The national team used to be centered in Virginia Beach um, years ago. so there was a little hub of field hockey um, in Virginia Beach compared to the rest of the South. It's less prominent. So I think just having other girls around me and playing um, yeah, I I don't know. I mean my mom was, um, a huge help in that, continuing to support my game and have conversations about field hockey. But yeah, I think just um, I think just playing from since I was young and, and continuing to hone on the talents and abilities that, that God gave me from my young age to be competitive in, in sport and to um, continue to go to the next level
0: within my age realm. And you mentioned the abilities you have. The U.S. national team must have saw that as well, because in 2015 you were selected to the U.S. U17 women's national team for field hockey. How were you able to reach that point? I know you talked about abilities a little bit, but what other stuff helped you get there?
1: Yeah, I think um, I think I think drive and just work ethic. I mean, that goes for any sport and taking yourself to the next level. When I was So the process for that, it's um, a series of tournaments that you sign up for and can play in as a kid. It's like the pipeline for USA field hockey. Um, And I played in a tournament. I think that would have been my freshman year or sophomore year of high school. And you get selected to, it's called a junior national camp. And then from there, they'll select the youth national teams. Um, And so within those, those tournaments, it's, two, three practices a day, three days in a row, four days, maybe, and then you go home. So it's really intense. And um, you just have to stay in it and keep your mind in it and keep working hard and kind of work through the fear that comes with a tryout work through, um, honestly, your physical abilities and limits because it's really draining and um, a grueling couple of days playing that much. So I think just endurance within those couple of days and trying to enjoy the game and build relationships with the girls that's there and keep it fun and um, just really go at it and compete with each other Um, and then just see, you know, if your name ends up on a list at
0: the end of the four days. And once you made it to college, you also excelled academically. Each of your first three years in college, you received the ACC academic honor roll. And in your last year, you made the all-ACC academic team, as well as making the all-ACC first team and all-South region first team for field hockey. How did you balance both academics and athletics?
1: I think Duke has, uh, there's a great support system at the university, um, the coaches, the players, the staff that are just around the athletics programs and the field hockey program specifically um, are really encouraging, really supportive. And um, there's always an ongoing conversation with what each athlete needs in order to succeed on the field or off the field. Um, obviously, wonderful you know, places to study. I'm sure you two have been on Duke's campus and the libraries, and it just feels like a really – nourishing place to thrive academically and ask hard questions, ask for help and, you know, study. And, um, I think just seeing everyone around you pushing for excellence and pushing to work hard, it's motivating to keep, you know, keep your grades up, keep performing well in the field. However, that can be a little bit of a hard environment to be on if everyone is just kind of, um, Finding their worth and feeling like they just need to go, 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 um, and kind of you have to remember just to take life on life's terms and and be honest and open with the people around you when things get hard or it's hard to balance it. And I think I had people around me that um, I was able to have those conversations with when it got hard or, or felt like I wasn't able to manage the two or balance it and could kind of take that rest for myself and rejuvenate um in order to maintain it over four years
0: walk us through some of your most vivid memories playing field hockey at duke
1: um that's a great question there's so many i think we'd love to hear all of them (laughs) so i remember my my freshman year we um we beat UNC 3-1, which was one of the funnest games that I've played in. And, um, I mean, UNC is a great school. They have an excellent field hockey program. And so my first game against them for us to come out and just the energy in the locker room, preparation for the game, and just the confidence I felt the team had that day on the field um, was really empowering. And to beat them 3-1 just felt like uh, – a
0: win on top of a win. So you were officially selected to the U.S. Women's Field Hockey Team. What is it like representing the U.S. on that level?
1: I mean, it's, it's such an honor. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm just beginning to, to experience all the gifts that it comes with being on the national team and competing for the national team. I did join the team in um, January of 2020. However, with COVID and the pandemic we weren't able to compete until this past um, May when we went to Europe. And so really that was the first experience I had competing for the team, which was, it just felt like such an honor. It It was so great and fun to compete with the group of girls. Um, I feel like the team right now, we're really, we're really building our program up. We've had, um, we just had another round of selections a couple weeks ago. We have new coaches in so it just feels like a really hopeful time and time that um, we're just regathering and building a base to really create something the next couple of years that is hopefully sustained over um, with years to come.
0: What, what is it like traveling all over the world playing the sport you love?
1: I mean, yeah, there's nothing. You can't beat it. It's so it's so great to travel. It's so great to experience. New cultures and different types of food and coffee and um, different different sites that you get to see. Um, one of my favorite parts about traveling is and competing is just seeing the pride that other countries have in playing field hockey and seeing how much it's a part of their culture. I think in the United States, um, field hockey isn't as prominent of a sport compared to other sports, and so to go to other countries and see how much. much pride the international players have in playing for their country and seeing the support and fan base that they have and have generated is just really encouraging and I think keeps my motivation up when we come home to the states and maybe don't have that same sort of support system um, to just keep going keep competing so that we can um, really be a force internationally when we go to compete against these other teams.
0: Obviously, mental health is just as important as physical health in today's day and age. So how do you maintain your mental health at that level playing for the U.S. Women's National Team?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's such a good question. And mental health is something I'm really passionate about. Um, And I think one of the, the most important things for mental health is just being willing to have the kind of what I talked about in my experiences at Duke, like having Um, having authentic relationships, being able to be honest and vulnerable with people around you. Um, And I felt like I had that at Duke. And I feel like I also have that on the national team. I have girls on the team who, who will go there and be vulnerable with me. And I know I can go to them. Um, And so with all the different types of mental health, um, kind of more general mental health um, obstacles and struggles versus you know, the mental health battles of just competing and being constantly on selection with the national team and selection. If you're even going to be on the team, if you're going to make the roster, if you're going to make the traveling roster, there's all these different mental, you know, battles that we have to walk through. And so, um, the most detrimental thing for mental health is just walking through those different obstacles by yourself and your mind can tend to escalate problems or, you know, overthink things and, and make it a little bit darker than it was. And so, to have support system of the girls and also the um, USOPC and our the national team coaches and our manager, our the staff we have surrounding us right now is incredible. And they care so much about the holistic athlete. They care about um, our mental health, our physical health, our balance between sport and life in general. And so that is such a gift to all of um, my teammates and myself to know we can go to them and know that we can um, we will get a balance and that we are able to you know face mental health struggles when they come on and have open conversations about them
0: and what are some of your hopes and dreams in terms of in terms of field hockey as well as the collective goals of the U.S. women's team
1: yeah so um, personally my goals. I mean, I just want to be um, a great teammate. I hope to be a leader on the team and to um, be an encouraging teammate um, and uplift those that are around me, like my teammates, and enable them to reach their potential. And my goals for, I mean, our goals for the team, we just want to um, be a bigger competitor on the international stage. And So what that means is playing well at the Pan American Cup that comes up this January and then hopefully qualifying for the World Cup, which is um, next summer, which will then lead into some of the Olympics Olympic qualifications for for Paris. And so um, right now it's taking that day by day and the next step. And just once we get relocated down to Charlotte, um, just I think our main goal is to have a cohesive unit that we're all on the same page developing a healthy culture for the team, an inclusive culture, one that we can openly discuss anything that's going on, um, continue to nourish our motivation and passion for the game and desire to keep coming back and playing every day um, and just putting in that hard work that it'll take to um, elevate us on the international stage and um, just
0: just see where we can go with that. What advice do you have for girls who are playing sports and how can they succeed like you did? I think my biggest advice would
1: be to know your worth outside of the sport you're playing. That was one of my biggest obstacles in high school and then getting to college, which is why I kind of um, lacked my passion for the game in college. I think knowing knowing that you're loved and cared for and you're an individual and inhuman human outside of the sport or the job or the class you're in um, will enable you to then come to the sport and just compete and play hard and have fun um, and I mean essentially maintaining a balance you have this sport that you love to do but you also are a um, a daughter you if you're a sibling You are, you know, you're so many other things than just the sport. And I think remembering that will enable you to play your best and enjoy the moments that the sport can bring
0: you. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And good luck at the Panoramic Cup as well as the World Cup qualifications. We really enjoyed talking to you today.
1: Thank you guys so much. I I really appreciated um, getting to be on your show and to talk with you guys today. Hope you have a great rest of your day.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Two Brothers and Their Sports Podcast. If you're listening on YouTube, make sure to hit that like button and that subscribe button, and make sure to turn post notifications on so you're always notified when we drop a new episode. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure to leave a review. We check those daily, and we will make sure to feature your comment in the next episode. Until next time, we're we're the the Two brothers Brothers and Their Sports Podcast.